Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big pleasure because on the CX Goalkeeper podcast, we have Jeremy Watkin. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Hi, Greg. It's good to be here. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for being here. I'm really thrilled to kick off this discussion, speaking about contact center transformations together with you. But as usual, before we start, we would like to learn more about you. And therefore, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Jeremy Watkin. I live in San Diego, California in the United States. So it's uh, the far west, southwest coast of the United States. I work at a small company called Number Barn, and I run customer support and customer experience for our company. You know, being at a small business, I wear lots of hats. We are the largest, the world's largest telephone number marketplace. Actually, I, I'm not going to claim world's largest. We are the United States and maybe Canada's largest tele, telephone marketplace, providing also phone, text messaging, and web solutions for a variety of different applications. I always like to stress that I am a practitioner first and foremost. You know, I, I am actually in doing the work of customer experience and, and even jumping into our customer support sometimes and and still firmly believe that that's a, a, a great way to to live and operate. Besides my day job, I have been a blogger and speaker in the contact center and customer experience industry. And I, you know, I always aim to keep my writing practical. When I started my blog, it was all about sharing my experiences as a contact center leader and what I'm learning as I'm trying to improve the customer experience at our company. Uh, one other thing, I, I help lead the customer, uh, the CX Accelerator community for CX professionals with Nate Brown, which I think maybe you've had him as a guest in the past, Greg? Twice. <laughs> awesome. I met, yeah, I met Nate about 10 years ago and he's just, he's a great pr person to know in this industry and Don't be distracted by the suits and the crazy hats. He is a very genuine person who uh, just has a huge heart and loves and really cares about customer experience. So that that's that's me. Thank you very much. And today it's about you. But as you mentioned, Nate, and I suggest to everybody to join CX Accelerator to the audience because it's really, really a great community. For me, when I started... Nate was the first CX guru from my point of view that answered to one of my questions in LinkedIn. And therefore, I still think that is really great. And as you said, next to the suit, still the big uh, stuff that he's doing is really a great guy with, uh, with a lot of empathy for, for others. But today it's about you, Jeremy. And therefore, my question is, which values drive you in life? So I, I thought about this question a bit. And, you know, I, I would say one of the first ones that I think has driven me throughout my whole career, I started out working in a contact center right when I graduated from college. You know, I'm one of those people that didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And so I took a customer service job and I I worked in customer support for a long time while I tried to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And somewhere along the line, I figured out that that helping people solve problems could actually be a good a good and meaningful career and you know it's a good segue into customer experience 
So I think one of the first values that I think of that has really driven me, especially over the last decade, is is making meaningful connections with other people, whether it's customers, whether it's my colleagues, you know, working as a manager and a supervisor. If you can make a meaningful connection with another human, it 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 paves the way to actually be able to understand them and to be able to solve help them solve a problem. So that's one thing. My second one, I am a my dad was a pastor, a minister in a church. And so I borrow I borrow this saying from him, but the, the saying of practice what you preach. I will never, you know, ask my team or require them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And and that that certainly drives me. I, I've always tried to be a leader who leads by example. I'm not somebody who sits in my office and just preaches to my team about the metrics, but but actually I'm in there trying to understand what drives those metrics, what what's driving our customer experience, and and then we work together to improve improve things. I have I have made mistakes though along those lines where I ask somebody to do something. I I'll tell you one story. So early on in my career as a manager, I, I would ask my team to do to talk on the phone to a customer and then do a live chat at the same time. And I did that until I tried it myself and realized that that I could not, I could, those are two live channels and it's impossible to balance those two things. And so, so that was a good lesson in practicing what I preach. And then the last one, I don't have it here. I have it on my wall somewhere else in my house, but it's a quote from uh, Jan Carlson, who I believe he was the uh, CEO of Scandinavian Airlines. And it's if you're not directly serving the customer, your job is to be serving someone who is. And that really helped me as a manager. I I think early on, I would view questions from my team members as as distractions and would just expect them to figure things out on their own. But realize that that the way I treat them impacts the way they are going to treat the customers. And I, I'll tell you that the hardest area I'm I'm trying to learn that lesson now is as a parent to my kids, <laughs> trying to be gracious and serve them as much as I can. Man, as they go through adolescence, it is a it's a daily challenge. I think I feel like I've got customers figured out, but I'm still trying to figure out my kids. <laughs> I can empathize with you. My is a bit smaller; is uh, six years old, but I, it's it's another level. Let's say like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for for sharing your values. And now that we know you a bit better, let's let's really kick off the game and start discussing about contact center transformation. How has the transformation of contact center in the last decade impacted customer experience and operational efficiency? As I thought about this, I, I think the first thing I would say on this question is that I don't think the transformation is complete. I think we're we are very much in the middle of a transformation. I think we've we've been in this constant shift toward omni-channel customer support. You, you know, whereas 20, 30 years ago, the bulk of your contacts with customers might be over the phone. That has transitioned quite a bit. I think some people will say that phone is completely going away. I don't believe it will ever fully go away, but but as generations shift, you know, people move more to mobile. So, you know, the ability to message with customer support on our, our phones and email, email still has its place. I think we've even heard email would go away. I think the thing I think about the most, especially when we talk about omni-channel, 
is, and this is something I think I work on every day with our, as we build out our support and our technology is how do we get all of the channels to work together in one place? You know, we, I think one of the most common frustrations from a customer is when they call in, they go through a phone IVR and they have to enter their account number or enter a number of things. And then when you actually get to the agent, you get asked, okay, what's your account number or what's your name? And I'm pretty sure I already provided that in the IVR. So I think, I think the goal is is to continue to integrate all of those things so it's a more seamless experience. Yeah, and I think that just makes it a best, better customer experience. I know from my perspective, we keep making continuous small improvements, but I have a whole list of improvements that still need to be made. And you know, when you're at a small company, the resources are limited, but I worked at enough bigger companies to know that their resources are limited as well and 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 you know, there's kind of the end goal of having everything integrated. So it doesn't matter what channel a customer contacts us on. I know who that customer is. I know what their issue is. And they can switch channels and I'll still know we're not there yet. But I, I think that's that's where we're headed for sure. Thank you, Jeremy. And I think you're really visionary and you're sharing your experiences. And based on that, you already shared also that you have some improvements that you want to implement, but also the understanding that resources are limited. How can businesses create a positive service culture and continuously drive service improvements? You know, I, I go back to that. I go back to that quote I shared earlier the, from Jan Carlson. The, uh, if, you're, if you're not directly serving the customer, your job is to be serving someone who is. So, you know, it really starts with leadership and listening to listening to your employees, listening to what their pain points and frustrations are, because chances are that's connected to a pain point from a customer. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy working in customer support is when I find out that my team has been fixing an issue for a customer for a long time, and it's a known issue, but somehow it never made it out of the contact center to where we became aware that this was probably an issue that should be fixed at a you know systemic level. Maybe it's a bug. Maybe it's something that's had a workaround for a long time. And we as we as customer support people love the ability to solve the problem for the customer. But in a lot of cases, the customer we we need to make it so the customer never has to have the problem in the first place. And and I think we we get so short sighted sometimes in customer support because we're so focused on each interaction and doing our best on each interaction that we forget to step back and look at the the greater trend. So I think I think that is instilling a culture where where the team is mindful of what those trends are and and they share those things. And you know, some managers might say, no, get back to work. Just your job is to answer phone calls. But the more you can get your team to think about the bigger customer experience. And this, you know, this goes for you know, one of the biggest challenges of customer experience is getting everybody in every department to know how their work impacts the customer experience. And if you can get your contact center agents to be thinking about the customer experience and say, well, you know, I've had the same call five times today and and this is a bad experience for the customer. Let's let's think about this and let's make it a better experience. I think that that is that's something that's going to drive continuous improvement. And what better place for it to start than the contact center? They're talking to the customer every day. 
And they know exactly what customers are thinking and hearing. And so often they don't even get asked. And if leadership can ask those questions, they will learn learn so much. There's there's no choice but to improve. And what you're saying, it's, it's really interesting based also on the example that you share. For example, uh, root cause analysis. What is re- the real bug that is creating a service disruption? Because employees, contact center agents can continuously give or provide to customer vouchers and, and so on. But at the end, if we can or companies can fix this, uh, these issues, then uh, the service will be not disrupted and they are then able to, to provide solution. Or perhaps we don't have such codes that will then positively impact the efficiency of a contact center. And in this... No, I was just agreeing. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. But for me, it's it's also, let's thinking about all these technology changes, artificial intelligence, and so on. What's the future of customer service innovation and advancement in in this field? You know, I I am still watching and learning. I think we we hear lots of stories like that generative AI and whatnot is going to make customer support irrelevant. And you know, there may be some truth to that. I'm a I'm a believer that that I think it's it's not going to totally replace customer support. I don't think there will ever. In some cases, there might be some replacement, but not not in in all. I've been looking a lot recently at tools that that work to enhance the customer experience. I think there's a lot of work being done there, whether it's helping an agent. You know, I've seen some where they give agents real-time coaching while they're talking to a customer or or helping an agent find the right response to a customer if they're responding by chat or by email or, you know, providing like simulated training environments for agents to help them onboard faster to help them grow to full proficiency faster. And I think that's a that's a much better place to start, partly because uh, your agents tend to be experts in your product and service, and they can help train a machine learning model. And it's also a, it's a safer place because I, I think your agents, at least an experienced agent can validate what the AI is saying. So if it gives a wrong answer, the agent can filter that out. If you give a wrong answer to a customer or provide a bad experience to them, make it harder for them to reach a human. We're talking about you know customers that are going to cancel. We're talking about potential customers that that are going to choose to do business elsewhere because this company just doesn't have their their uh, their act together. So, so I do think, I think we're going to continue to see, I think, more technology focus on the agent experience, making the agent more efficient, making the quality of their responses better and more complete. I know a lot gets said on the customer side, but I, I tend to think that you have to be a little bit conservative and cautious on the customer side to make sure that you, you don't push customers away. So that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. I really like what what you're saying because what you're sharing it's the way of augmenting the the capabilities and the opportunities of an agent of a contact center agent to handle and to speak together with a customer. And we know that customers sometimes want to talk to human beings because they want empathy, they want that they feel their emotion, they want to be understood in their experience and that point in time 
And it's not always easy for machines to understand the context where the customer is coming from and which, which issues there. However, companies, businesses are always trying to balancing efficiency and high quality personalized customer experience. How can businesses do that? So I have a funny story. I was I was working at a an out, a customer contact center outsourcing company, and I was I was in charge of customer experience and quality assurance, working with our various teams. And we had this one team that was struggling. Their customer satisfaction was really low. So I, I started looking through their email responses to customers and saw that the emails were just being typed out really quickly and not with much thought, not much human connection in in their responses. And so I started pulling uh, groups of agents into the training room to talk to them about how they could write more engaging, more friendly emails to customers, be more helpful. And I got about five minutes into one of these conversations and one of the agents said to me, we know how to write that way. Our our client told us not to because we had such a backlog of emails. They said, write emails as quickly as you can just to get through with them. And we know that, I, I think that was even difficult on the agents. They they knew that they weren't providing the quality of support that that they were hired to provide and that you know, they, they, they prefer to provide. And so I think it really was a good reminder that that the balance of quality and quality and efficiency really comes from the top. It comes from does does leadership, whether it's in the contact center or even higher than that, are they emphasizing efficiency over over quality, or are they seeking to strike that balance? We really, in our contact center, we we have metrics that support both quality and productivity. And we've we've tried to tried to get to one or two metrics that really speak to productivity. One of you know one of the errors in the contact center that happens so often is that we 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 focus almost solely on average handle time. And uh, I've heard some horror stories. I've heard of clients being outsourcers being charged if if an agent went over five minutes on a phone call or things like that. But you know, if 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 you tell agents to spend all the time they want, that's not going to be good either. <laughs> so there has to be a balance. Agents need to know how to guide the conversation to a solution, but they need to have the freedom to provide a complete solution. I love the, you know, the concept whether you call it first call resolution, next issue avoidance, first contact resolution, whatever you call it giving the agents the time to empower the customer to help them with everything they possibly need help with rather than rushing the customer off the phone, knowing that they're going to probably have to call in again. So really, I, I will say striking that balance between product, between efficiency and quality is, is difficult, but it's a worthwhile effort if you're going to have a great customer experience. And and what you're saying, I think it's it's really key, and it's also linked to one of the values that you shared at the beginning: lead by example. And I think an an extremely important role nowadays in customer service is also the role of leadership, thinking about employees work, working from uh, remote, from home, or in the company, and so on. How has leadership in customer experience changed with the rise of digital transformation? Oh, man. I, you know, you mentioned the remote and it, it definitely adds a new challenge. I think, 
you know, the ability to work remote is I, I always tell people that I if I if I had my choice, I would actually rather work in the office if I didn't have a commute and just because the camaraderie and the ability to interact with other people. But for my lifestyle, it's it is more convenient to be at home. But it it means that we have we have more we have to take a bigger effort. We have to make a bigger effort to stay connected with our colleagues, to stay connected with what's going on with our customer experience. You know, I always think you know working in an actual contact center, especially when they're talking on the phone, you can kind of hear if you're a manager walking down the aisles of the cubicles, you can hear what the issues are you know you can hear somebody who has a customer that's yelling at them uh, you can hear agents giving this long explanation maybe they're saying unfortunately this is something our product can't do for you and you know as a leader your your ears should go should perk up as you hear those things but now i know whether it's microsoft teams or slack or whatever collaboration tool that's where those discussions are happening now you know the agent Agent says, hey, I've gotten five emails about this issue today. Anybody else having this issue? And and as leaders, we have to be attuned to what those conversations are. Not to, not to police our agents, not to make sure they are following the rules, but to make sure we know that what the frustrating things are that are happening. When agents are heard and, and understood and, and they know that somebody is advocating for that customer experience, they're a lot more likely to stay engaged in their role and provide great service to your customers. You know, when I think about just being a leader in this digital transformation, I also just think about the importance of just continuously learning. I, I never want to stop learning as a as a leader in customer service and customer experience. We have to just keep reading, keep interacting with other people, whether it's through communities or even this Greg, I, I love having discussions with other people in the industry. It just it helps me be a better leader as 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 our space continues to evolve. And that's why I'm doing the podcast because I'm learning a lot. This is helping me to to grow, and I hope that it helps also the audience the audience to grow. You're already sharing some of your personal learnings, but I want to ask this question in a more precise way. What key leadership lessons have you learned throughout your career that you would like to share? Yeah, I know I've shared I've shared a bunch, but another one that I thought of recently is I, I learned about emotional intelligence. <laughs> and early on, I, I I really struggled when a customer would yell at me. I struggled with difficult conversations with the people I was managing. I would really take things personally and get upset and uh, you know, when you when it's it's hard to leave those sorts of things at the office. You know, it, it impacts your health. It impacts all kinds of things. So I'm really, really trying to, in those situations, tell myself that this person's not upset with me. They're upset with an experience they had. Trying to take a deep breath and not respond emotionally, but focus on finding a solution. That works. And, you know, I mentioned challenges with parenting. That's, that's where it's the biggest struggle for sure. You know, my kids say all kinds of things to me and, <laughs> and, and I have to continuously focus on the long term. What is, what, what's the ultimate goal for their life? Obviously, you know, if I can get them to 18 years of age and have them be healthy, have them make it through school, have them, 
be a kind and good person. I, I feel like I've achieved my goal, but you know, emotional intelligence is really an important thing. And if, if, if listeners haven't read up on that concept, it's, it continues to be a really important leadership and, and just personal lesson for me. And I, I think what you're saying, it's extremely interesting. And as a par- parent, also as a dad, the big, the important thing is my son cannot move to the competitors and therefore I'm still quiet that he will stay with me, even if sometimes we have some discussions. Yeah, and absolutely. Jeremy, in 10 years from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. What we are discussing about? You know, I I I wouldn't call myself the most uh, future-minded person, but uh, I I will say I can say that technology will have changed quite a bit in the next ten years. The I think we'll still be talking to customers on the phone. I you know personally, I hope that I'm still relevant in this space in ten years. I hope that a focus on learning and continuously improving will keep me employed in this this space. I I do think especially as i watch watch how social media has changed our culture so much and that i feel like there's so much happening where humans just we naturally gravitate toward other people that believe the same thing as us and away from people that don't believe the same thing as us that i'm finding that customers are getting more and more ang- like the level of anger when something doesn't go right has elevated significantly and unless we have ways that br- continue us to to bring us together in communities as humans and help us have civil dialogue with other people, I I, I think that level of passion and frustration c- from customers may continue to grow. So, so what I would stress in ten years is that meaningful connections with other human beings are still going to be just as important or even more important in 10 years. And we're still going to be talking about how to do that effectively. You know, I don't know what Elon Musk is going to do with with uh, social media, but however that evolves, we need to still focus on connecting with other humans and not, you know, not thinking that person that I'm chatting with is a robot, but it's another human and I need to treat them like a human and if we can work together with that respect, I think, yeah, that's never going to go out of style. Thank you very much. And you can also then share your lesson learned as a parent, because in 10 years from now, then your children are a bit older, and then we can learn and profit from your learnings of the last 10 years. <laughs> and joke aside, what's, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, so if you want to follow my work, I, I have my blog is customerservicelife.com. My company is numberbarn.com. I am on Twitter or X as at JT Watkin. And then I'm also on LinkedIn as Jeremy Watkin. So yes, please, please feel free to connect with me there. I'd love to connect. Also CX Accelerator. It's a free Slack community and anybody can, can join. Thank you. And I think you have also your personal hashtag. Oh, Oh yeah, uh, I I I haven't been doing that as much lately, but yeah, the CX question of the day hashtag CXQOTD. I, I've taken a little bit of a step back from it, but but I still do post there occasionally, and that's been a great way to stay connected with people on on Twitter for sure. And that's how I discovered you, following this hashtag and finding out all the questions that you get and that you answer. And <laughs> now I have for- the last question for you. 
is Jeremy's golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new to leave to the audience. You know, I, I think for me, I think it is, you know, I think one, one thing about human nature is that we want to, we fear becoming irrelevant, fear losing our status or our position, but it, that is exactly what it is. It's just a fear and it, what we need to be doing and what I hope other people do and what I'm trying to do is to share as much as I can with others, whether it's my time, my resources, maybe even money, expertise. It's probably a lot more expertise. Maybe it's just kindness. But I think you've discovered it doing this podcast. I discovered it when I started a blog. I started sharing my experiences and realized that there are other people out there that are having similar experiences to me. And I'm learning from them. They can learn from me. Just that it really shows the value of of building a genuine network of people. And we're, you know, we're not we're not in it to make money from each other, but we're in it to learn about how to do our jobs better. And I think the more people out there that, that can can actually share, I I, I think it's just a, a good thing. Uh, you know, we spend so much time on LinkedIn getting advertisements and people trying to sell us things that it's so refreshing when you know somebody like you greg reaches out to me and says hey let's get together and talk about customer service or customer experience we can learn from each other we can hopefully collaborate on content in the future you know i know that if i'm if i'm having an issue i can post on cx accelerator and somebody will help me work through it and that's you know you you give a little bit and you also receive a whole lot in return. And that's, it's just been such an impactful thing for me over the past decade since I started blogging and actually networking with other people in this industry. Thank you very much. For sure, we can collaborate also in future. And you are always welcome back to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Really thrilled to have future discussion with you. Thank you for sharing your expertise, your kindness, and your time with me and with the audience. It was great to have you on the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Yes, thank you, Greg. This has been wonderful. Please, Jeremy, stay with me. To the audience, it's everything. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. Feel free to contact Jeremy or to contact me. Follow Jeremy on the social media and we'll have feedback. Please contact us, share your thoughts. It was great. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it, until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.